Welcome back to The 40 Minute Mentor, the business podcast on a mission to make mentorship accessible to everyone. Whether you're just beginning your career, are a startup founder, or just in need of some fresh career inspiration, this show is designed to cover everything from the ground up in just 40 minutes. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the third installment of our special Where Are They Now feature series. In this week's episode, I had the pleasure of catching up with the incredible Juliet Davenport MBE. You might remember Juliet's episode from Series 5, in which we talked about the lessons she learned from building a mission-driven business and the importance of getting hiring right in a startup early on. After leading Good Energy, one of the UK's leading renewable energy suppliers for over 20 years, Juliet decided to step down as CEO and transition into a non-exec director position. In today's episode, we talk about how she came to such a big decision and how she's found the transition into a portfolio career. She shares some great advice for anyone looking to make a similar move. And we also chat about the turbulent time the energy sector has faced in 2021 and the lessons the providers need to learn from it. So whether you want to learn more about what everyday changes you can make to your house to move to net zero emissions, or you're just looking for some midweek career inspiration from one of the most charismatic and pioneering business leaders I know, then this episode is just what you need. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this special Where Are They Now episode with the amazing Juliet Davenport. Juliet, welcome back to the 40 Minute Mentor. How are you? I'm good, thank you, James. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm kind of, it's early January. I'm 18 days into not having any sugar, caffeine or uh, alcohol, which for me is remarkable. So I'm feeling quite uh, energized, actually. (laughs) That's really Um, good. I've done that. Thank you, thank it's you. tough, though. I th- I think I always kind of maybe save that up for when the summer months come because it's just. I think this January is it's it's dark and it's, it's hard. Dark, it's hard, <laughs> but I'm very impressed. Brilliant. Oh, thank you. I must admit, the pub lunch on Sunday was not the same without a glass <laughs> of something. But uh, I, you know, I, I'm I'm determined to make it through at least three weeks. But anyway, since you last came on the 40 Minute Mental in Series Five, a lot has changed for you personally and for Good Energy. So I thought we've got to get you back on the pod. And yeah, I, I think um, you know you left Good Energy after after tw- 20 years of leading it. You decided to step down as CEO and transition into a non-exec director position. So. Tell our listeners, how did you come to such a big decision and how have you found that transition? So I think I think part of the decision was driven by, so for many years, I've kind of go, I've just got to make sure good energy is okay. And then, then I'll go and do things. And it's kind of always putting it off till tomorrow. So it's probably been at the back of my mind for a while. And I think um, part of it, what triggered, I think the pandemic definitely triggered a lot of thoughts for everybody. I mean, we reassessed our lives. We're suddenly working at home pretty much full time at that point. And I had another close sort of colleague in, in, in the industry, not, not at Good Energy, who had gone through a massive shift, actually. She'd gone from working in the organisation she'd worked in for 20 years and gone and worked for a very different organisation. And I guess it made me stop and go, well, am I doing the best I can for good? And actually, could I use my skills elsewhere? And also, what I'm very inquisitive, James. I like finding out about things. I like figuring out how things work. So the thought of kind of being able to work with lots of companies and doing that actually was very appealing. And 
although at the time it felt quite scary, it was kind of quite weird to be doing it. I also felt that I'd done the same thing time and time again a little bit. And although we'd reinvented ourselves many times and gone through many different sort of parts of the industry, as the industry changed over the years, obviously Good took on new challenges. And, and Good was always at the forefront of trying to do things in a different way, bring in different parts of the industry. And what I felt was I wasn't necessarily the best person to lead it anymore, to be honest. And sort of we needed more digital input. We needed somebody with a digital first approach. and. That's that's where it came about. And to be honest, I haven't looked back. I mean, it was it was a difficult decision to make, but I'm just really enjoying what I'm doing now. Brilliant. I really admire you. And I think it says a lot about you as a person and a leader to know that the business needs something slightly different and to make that call. Cool because we do see it with our certain clients where you can just tell a founder's hanging on a little bit too long and, and it can impact the business. I think... Um, yeah, it, it, but it must have been a big, a big decision. Is is there anything you wish you'd have known before you made that switch? And and can you share any advice for our listeners that might be in a similar situation, thinking about maybe making a similar sort of transition this year? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the one thing that you tend to do when you make such a switch is is you do get a little bit. I mean, I think having been quite a full-on CEO for so long and never really switching off and being not quite 24-7, but not far off. The tendency is when you step into a different role is to want to fill all your time. And I did get some advice on this, but I still find it hard to resist in that you need to give yourself some space and time to give opportunities and opportunity to come to you. Because what I found is that I'm really glad I said no to some of the things that I was I was looking at early on because there's been so many interesting things that people have come and approached me with. It's almost too much. And so I think having the confidence or, or making sure you've set yourself up when you leave with enough time to take at least probably 12 months to gradually, particularly if you're going to non-exec work where you're building, you're not going for one big job, you're going for lots of small, just take your time to make sure that the portfolio you're building it's something that really interests you. And you've got that balance of depends on what your needs are. But if you need to earn a certain amount of money, look at those that are going to do that. Then think about maybe some of the volunteer ones that you do as well. And what gets you up in the morning? What makes you interested? Interestingly, just, I've just been doing a little bit of work on local community energy here where I live in the, in the country. And I've never really had a chance to go and actually be in my community and do what I do. And that's been really interesting, having that just a little bit of time to go and sit down, have a cup of tea with somebody in their homes and talk about their energy has been fantastic. So, yeah, take your time, I would say. That's great advice. And, and we haven't actually found out what you are actually doing now. So do you mind just sharing a bit of the things you're, you're up to right now? Yeah, so I think so. So I've got so various non-exec director roles. So I am still a non-exec director at Good, which I really like. I mean, I think hopefully I can bring my expertise that I've learned over 20 years. And, and to be honest, it's been, the energy market's been very challenging this winter. And I hope that I've helped help them to navigate through that. Then I'm chair of subsidiary ZapMap, which is an exciting business, really on its growth trajectory. And that's been really interesting, sort of switching into that supporting a CEO role, which I've really enjoyed, actually. So that's a business that's, I think it's got nearly 80% of the EV driver market. 
and it essentially maps out where all the EV charging points are in the UK. And is is its mission is to help through this transition to EV. So that's a really interesting business going through some big shifts, and yeah, that's been great. I sit on the board of the Crown Estate, very different organisation, big property business, but obviously looks after the uh, seabed around England and Wales. So incredibly strategically important related to the energy transition. So that's been a very different vision and it can give me re- so just a really interesting insight to that whole world, which I, I, I wasn't as engaged with previously. And then I've also just recently joined the board of something called Atrato, which is, so I chair that, that's an investment trust looking at rooftop solar. And that was really exciting because that was the first full female board to list on the London Stock Exchange. Brilliant. So they're trying to get out there and just make some big statements. That, I think, is a really timely sort of investment. It's going to be doing rooftop solar on commercial buildings. And given the power prices today, I I hope it will be, touch wood, very positive. So um, we're looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, fully behind that. And uh, it, it's great to see the, the diverse and different things you, you, you're up to and no doubt having a huge impact on all of those different businesses. Before we continue with today's episode, I was wondering if I could ask you a small favour. We absolutely love sharing our guests' inspiring stories with you. And I can't thank you enough for being one of our loyal listeners. But feedback is so important. So if you have any suggestions on how we can make 40 Minute Mental even better, or you just want to tell us how much you love the show or a particular episode, then we would love to hear from you. So please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash 40mm and leave us a review. We really, really appreciate it. That's ratethispodcast.com forward slash 40mm. Thank you so much. And we can't wait to hear from you. You've alluded to the fact that the energy sector has been through such a turbulent sort of few months. We've seen supplies going to administration. Probably the most high profile is, is Bulb. What would you say from your perspective as somebody that knows this industry so well, what have been the, the major learnings that we can take away from this period and, and how have goods responded to this changing market? So I think, I think, first of all, for the last five years, we've had a very benign energy market. So we've had relatively low energy prices and there's not been a lot of work to do for suppliers on the wholesale market side and sort of thinking about hedging and a lot of funds like sort of companies like Bulb were, I think, hedging about three months out. And we always had a longer term hedging strategy. We had an 18 month rolling hedging strategy at Good. And the issue is with the smaller companies who haven't had those hedging strategies, these kinds of shocks have really hit them. And the point about a hedging strategy, there's a cost to a hedging strategy, which means that there's there's a premium in your product that basically makes sure that the company can survive. And the way the market's been structured, there's been no downside to companies going bust. Nobody's really had to pay attention to the potential shocks in the market. And so those companies that I call well-run, those ones who have got a forward hedging strategy, have been penalised, actually, by having more expensive costs. And so people like Bulb and could undercut everybody else, but at the expense of security and risk management. And I think that's the biggest learning during this period is I don't think we can see 
the significant numbers of energy suppliers coming in again without really thinking about how do we make sure those companies are safe and they are being run where risk is being well managed. And I think that's the big shift I think we have to see. I mean, what I hope we don't end up with is such a draconian measures. The problem with these kinds of shocks is that sometimes we get an overreaction to it. And actually, we need, we need a good balance. And I think I think a lot of the energy companies that are currently trading out there all had a risk management system. They've all, I mean, it, there's, this has been very unusual, this situation. It's, it's culminated from a combination of an ongoing debate in the Kremlin, with Germany particularly about one particular gas pipeline, Germany looking to turn off its nuclear power stations, France having nuclear power stations closed down because of health and safety, uh, UK having low wind speeds. So it's all kind of come together and the Kremlin slightly taken advantage of that, basically. So our job, I think, going forwards as companies is to really try and make sure that we are resilient and then support our customers to put them resilient as well. Brilliant. Well, thank you for your insights. I know you know this space better than most, so very, very interesting to hear your perspectives on that. When you last came on 40 Minute Mentor, you shared some some brilliant advice for our listeners on the changes that we can make in our day-to-day lives to help move towards net zero emissions. With the development since and the recent climate change conference, what are the really crucial areas that people need to focus on in 2022, you know, because I know this is something you're particularly passionate about. So, so this is really interesting. So this is, comes into local community energy. So one of the things I think that we absolutely need to do now is to really take seriously the state of our homes from an energy point of view. So are we pouring heat out through our windows and doors? Are we heating heating the outside world rather than heating our sitting rooms? And I think we really need to think very carefully about this. And, and the trouble is that a lot of people don't even know where to start. But there are people in our community who have gone ahead and done some energy. So the room I'm sitting in at the moment, this is my attic. Last summer, when I used to sit up here, the wind used to whistle through here. And it wasn't until I moved in here to, to have my office up here that I realized that. So first of all, kind of recognizing what state your home is in, I think, is number one. And then really setting yourself some targets about what are you going to do personally to improve that if you can. And I think just doing an audit of your home, just understanding what an energy audit does, get somebody else to come and do an energy audit for you. Look at the possibilities of what you can do and then look at what the funding is to be able to do those. So I made a commitment last, I think my New Year's Eve, New Year's commitment last year was to do this office, which I've done. What I also think now is, and, and I'm working with some people in the village as well, is for us, the two or three of us to become volunteer energy efficiency sort of supports. So we'll go and do a course and then we can go and talk to our neighbours. Now, obviously, if, if you haven't got enough time, that's tough. But I'm, I'm hoping I, since I'm working from home, I'm actually in the local vicinity now going around and supporting other people to look at theirs. Because a lot of the time people are either confused or a little bit nervous about sort of some of these areas. I've just been talking to somebody this morning about their energy bill when I had a coffee with them. They happened to have some solar panels in, so they wanted me to check that it was outputting what it should be. And yeah, they're a lovely local family who uh, I know a little. And so it's just nice to go and meet other people, to be honest. But also then hopefully I can help them start to understand where they're using all their energy and what they can cut back on. 
That's brilliant. And I think it's, again, just something that's happened from the pandemic is actually just being in your local communities and helping each other out. It, it, it's something we've seen, you know, in the pandemic when we were in lockdown. And, and I think that given this is the most important thing facing humanity, I think it's the sort of thing that actually we should all take some more effort to, to, to work with each other and, and, you know, educate each other around it. So uh, I think it's brilliant advice. And hopefully if uh, those listening can take heed and, and we can all learn a bit more and, and help our neighbours out as well. Thanks, Julia. I wanted to just, before we wrap up, we're doing this in early January. So we've got a, a year ahead. Looking forward, what, what are your plans for 2022, both professionally and personally? And what are you really looking forward to? What am I looking forward to? So, well, just it's not confirmed yet, but I'm hoping there may be something coming out in book form at some point. So I'm looking forward to getting my teeth into that. So let's, fingers crossed, let's hope for that. I think in terms of personal, I'm going to carry on looking at what I need to do around my home. I think the other thing I did before Christmas was put a curtain in over a door that has always been windy, completely transformed my Christmas. So just looking for new ideas of how to reduce my carbon footprint. I think that's that's on a personal level. Probably plants. We have a garden, so I'm going to plant some more trees. I think that would be good. And then from a professional point of view, I'm sort of looking at sort of hopefully supporting government in a few advisory roles just to think about how can we bring entrepreneurship into some of the big challenges we've got, either in transport or in energy. So that's potentially really interesting. And yeah, just really beginning to deliver. I'm sort of advising a couple of small businesses that are going through technology development. So a company called Gravitricity, which is looking at dropping weights down mine shafts to generate power. Another one called Solvius, which is looking at really lightweight, flexible solar and putting that on stadiums. And another one called British Growth Fund, which is now beginning, it's a venture capital organization looking at investing in lots of climate solutions. So those are kind of three things on the horizon to get my teeth into. So that's really exciting. Sounds brilliant. Well, Juliet, thank you so much for popping back and having a chat to us. It's been great to understand what you've been up to in the last few months. And yeah, it sounds like 2022 is going to be even busier, but the right sort of busy. It sounds like a really lovely mix of projects that are going to make a big impact. So we wish you all the very best for that. And thank you again for, for taking the time to chat to us. Thanks, James. It's been brilliant. And uh, yeah, looking forward to 2022. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> Cheers. It was such an honour to have Juliet back on the podcast and find out about the awesome work she's been doing in her community and outside. As always, she has some fantastic advice. And after chatting to her, I immediately went out and bought a draft excluder for our very drafty door. Hopefully, you've also found some inspiration and mentorship from this episode. And if you're like me, I'll be keeping an eye out for her book when it hits the shelves in due course. We've got one final guest joining us for the Where Are They Now mini-series before we drop Series 7. So make sure you come back next week to hear from a guest who has been a technical co-founder of a high-growth fintech, an investor, and someone who does tons in the community for young people and, like me, has a huge passion for advancing social mobility. Oh, and he's also been recently recognised in the New Year's Honours list. Any guesses who it could be? Join us next week to find out.